The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you ready to stop wasting time and make a shift towards enhanced productivity? Welcome to Breakthrough to Yes with Collaboration, featuring your host, David B. Savage. In our program, we will show you how leaders and their organizations are using collaboration to innovate and move ahead of their competition. It's not just about customers or employees or the board. It's working together throughout your company and with your stakeholders. Now, here is David B. Savage. Is there anybody out there Is there anybody out there? Is there anybody out there? Sounds kind of lonely. Almost like uh, The Wall, 1979 from Pink Floyd. Is there anybody out there? Sometimes we broadcast, we talk, we... uh, get on the phone, we send emails, we send press releases, we send memos to our divisions, and we wonder whether anybody is out there. This is the seventh episode of uh, Our Voice America Breakthrough to Yes with Collaboration show. And this channel, through this channel, I've got the potential, I'm a long way from it, but I've got the potential of reaching 3.6 million listeners in 160 countries. That's pretty damn good. And no one may be be listening. Is there anybody out there? Are my friends in Corroborate, Saskatchewan out there? Are my friends in Languedoc, France out there? Is my friend... Esther Blowell in California out there. Give me an answer. Send me an email with the heading, I'm here, to dave at savagemanage.com. And let's start a chain. Let's start a collaboration. I'd like to hear your thoughts. Hear that you're out there. So dave at savagemanage.com with the heading, I'm here then whatever you want to talk about. Now, a big reason for my coaching and consulting my upcoming book and this radio show is to circumvent the increasingly perverse collaborations evidenced in organizations, media, social media, and politics. Yeah, perverse. If you've listened to prior shows... I coined the term about three years ago, four years ago, mediots, M-E-D-I-O-T-S, mediots. Those are the, those that are the ones that act to trigger our reptilian brains into judgment, separation, and anger, or joy, or fun. You know, John Oliver on Last Week Tonight, you know, the little bit of TV I watch, I watch him every week. 
he triggers my reptilian brain, and it's in the positive. But oftentimes in America, in the Netherlands, we hear things or we read things and we just get enraged. So let's come together here through this radio show, through my book, and through your I'm Here email. Join me in circumventing these toxic relationship patterns. With the internet, with telephones, and with travel today, we make connects with an estimated 4 billion, that's a billion, people in the world. When bad things are happening, when great things are happening, and when we simply want to reach out to people with diverse backgrounds, expertise, and perspectives, go beyond the established systems and processes and organizations and media to connect and learn together, to collaborate. Yeah, collaborate. Don't get spoon-fed what they want us to know. Their truth. Their incentives. I believe we are only separated to anyone in the world by two degrees of separation today. Not six degrees, two. As I dream of incredible collaboration, that dream includes reaching out to people that are very different from me. Turn off your stupid TV shows. Or if you have to watch TV, watch Al Jazeera, watch the BBC, watch the Chinese news. Get a sense of what the world is thinking. We in North America tend to think we're at the center of the universe. We're not. We are one. Now is our time to lead more powerfully. Leaders in companies will make this essential shift now. Well, listeners, today's show is titled Seek Diversity. In my upcoming book, Breakthrough DS, I set out 10 steps that are essential to successful collaboration. Last week, we talked about set intention. See my website for the download of all these episodes. That's davidbsavage.com. And during these shows, I'll walk you through every one of the essential 10 steps. Each step has a theme in this radio show. Next week, it's Embrace Conflict. So this show, this show features two world leaders in leadership and organizational development. Our feature guests are Joan Goldsmith of Santa Monica, California, organizational development expert and coach to many great leaders. And I'm also just delighted with both of these women, coast to coast. The other one is another organizational development and leadership expert, Amy Elizabeth Fox of Mobius Leadership in Boston and around the world. Both Amy and Joan have world influence and certainly my respect. Key messages for today, one Bring in many perspectives to make your collaboration more successful. Two, the answer to, is there anybody out there, is yes, of course. I'm getting the analytics on this show and I'm just delighted. We've got a lot of people listening and the, and the people are starting to pay attention and talk back. Three, we need to look for ways of caring for our mothers and grandmothers. They are our wisdom. They provide us diverse perspectives. Their life is very different than ours and our grandchildren. Here's an excerpt from Breakthrough DS, my uh, book that comes out in February. 
Diversity of experience, expertise, personality traits, and types, and knowledge are all cited as critical aspects of successful collaboration. My friend David Melia of the Haskane School of Business at the University of Calgary gave me this quote. Ask yourself, now this is David speaking, does collaboration mean that everyone must agree with everyone else? Can we collaborate when our selfish, polarized views are in conflict with those we should be collaborating with? In business, we have a name for a group of folks who all get along and all have the same opinion on something. It's called groupthink. It is not good for business. I would put forward that true collaboration is a willingness to have a set of people with diverse competencies, worldviews, and experiences with the added ingredient of wanting to pursue a clear and concise objective. Come together in a safe space to talk about their position and how they would hope to add value to reach that objective, even if they're not in alignment together. Thanks, David Mealy, for that. Now, let's look at the primary information source for most of us today, the Internet. In addition to mediates, I also invented a word, or at least I believe I invented Googleization about three years ago. Googleization is our of our pardon me, information flow severely limits the nature of the data we are provided and diversity of perspectives we see. We have been warned by Eli, Eli Pariser in filter bubbles that our internet searches only give us information that is consistent with our previous searches and the content of our online communications. If you don't believe that, seek out two people in your network in different nations and have different networks and different perspectives and type different words in their emails. Then at a precise prearranged time, each of you, whether it's two or ten of you, ask the same question, see what happens. So here's one that I did a couple years ago. Will America ever collaborate with Russia again? When I searched this, I got 323 million results. I expect a contact in Russia would get 323 million results as well. And I expect others searching will see very different results than mine. Here's your opportunity to learn and get away from that Googleization effect. Seek different people, different political affiliations, religions, education, nationality, career, and other differentiators to help reveal your truth, your considered truth, your informed truth. There's a great book, uh, The Formula, How Algorithms Solve All Our Problems and Create More by Luke Dormel. Read that about six, eight months ago. Excellent book. How Algorithms Solve All Our Problems and Create More. We learn that most of us trust the objective and non-judgmental results scientific-based algorithm provides us as compared to perceptions and judgments of humans. Dormel, however, warns us that algorithms are constructed by humans and therefore have shown to be subject to human prejudices, beliefs, and judgments. They limit our vision. Algorithms are so powerful and we're being spoon-fed what the algorithm thinks we need to know 
or will sell us the best thing, or will track us, whatever. Think about the diversity in your organization. Think about the diversity in your network. Where are the gaps? What's missing? Where are your blind spots? What source of information or conversation or relationship may save you from making decisions based on incomplete information? You know, I think of something that's very simple. Think about a process, even a perception. Think about considering communication. Today, for most of us, billions in the world, texting by cell phone is a primary communication tool. Think about, well, what happens when you email? You get more information out there, but often not easily understood. The tone, the message, the emotion. Think about the telephone, and then think about meeting. Isn't it interesting that our we've preferred, we've gone down the route of typing with two thumbs very brief staccato messages. Humanity started with meeting in person. Alexander Graham Bell showed us the telephone. Then we found email about 30 years ago, and then texting about 10. We're going the wrong way. So after the break, we'll talk with Amy Elizabeth Fox of Boston, and later, Joan Goldsmith of Santa Monica, these are two great women who encourage, challenge, and inspire me. I hope they do you too. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. David B. Savage and his upcoming book, Breakthrough to Yes, Unlocking the Possible Within a Culture of Collaboration, delivers a proven process to make collaboration work for you and your company while creating the conditions that promote innovation and breakthroughs within and across your business and network. Seize this opportunity to join a movement of progressive, principled, and successful leaders. Engage with David B. Savage on Breakthrough to Yes today. Bring him to speak to your organization and engage his executive coaching and business consulting. See much more at davidbsavage.com. Savage's book, Breakthrough to Yes, Unlocking the Possible Within a Culture of Collaboration, will be published worldwide in February 2016. His co-shared book, Ready, Aim, Excel, 52 Leadership Lessons, is an international business bestseller on Amazon. Contact us now for a free 30-minute conversation on how more collaborative leadership may benefit you by visiting davidbsavage.com. That's davidbsavage.com. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll-free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Breakthrough to Yes with Collaboration. To reach David B. Savage or his guest today, call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to Dave at savagemanage.com. Now, back to Breakthrough to Yes with Collaboration. Listeners, today we have Amy Fox. 
an international entrepreneur, leadership and change agent specialist. Amy is the co-founder and leader at Mobius Leadership. Amy, there is just so much to say about you, the uh, consulting group that you have, and your heart and spirit that you have for leaders and senior leaders around our globe. Tell us a little more about yourself and Mobius. Well, let me just say I'm absolutely delighted, Dave, to join you and your listeners and have a chance to talk about the work that we're doing. Uh, as you mentioned, Mobius was co-founded by my sister, Erica Ariel Fox, and myself. Erica is a longtime lecturer at the Program on Negotiation at Harvard Law School, and she and I together have been teaching the body of work that has emerged from PON over the last 20 years uh, as a real international think tank, but also cross-disciplinary consortium that's been looking at best practices for mediating disputes, resolving conflict, and peacemaking efforts around the globe. And in particular, uh, we've been very focused on skills for leaders in both the public and private sector for managing difficult conversations, for building high-performing teams, for creating organizational cultures that really thrive on qualities such as authenticity, transparency, giving and receiving really candid feedback, developing people, um, and, you know, perhaps underneath all of that, Dave, I would describe it as how do you build a organizational flame or a sense of inspiration and engagement with the mission and purpose of the organization in a way that everyone, regardless of where they sit in that organization, can feel a part of that, a sense of connection to that, and a really um, meaningful sense of tied, being tied to something greater than themselves. Uh, so Mobius was founded in 2005 and is built on a network model. So we have about 250 facilitators, trainers, coaches, mediators who work with us serving clients, and that gives us just this rich tapestry of expertise and methodology and and also a sense of community, honestly, for those of us that are practicing within Mobius that I think is part of the aliveness that clients find when they come work with us. Wow. Yeah, I'm hearing uh, inner emotional intelligence. I'm hearing a corporate culture, uh, big, important work. So, Amy, why is it so important for a leader to focus on their inner life or emotional intelligence? I think that because most business climates, and I think this is true whether you're operating in the social sector or in a big corporation, are experiencing in this moment in time such a sense of volatility and ambiguity about the future that we're all facing, that executives are under a disproportionate or a unique sense of pressure and emotional volatility. And in that context, if you want to be able to lead others, create followership, and keep the organization having a, an aligned execution focus, you really have to be able to help people manage that stress and manage their energy. Uh, and so many, many of our clients are p spending a lot more time thinking about not just 
developing people in their technical expertise, whether it's legal expertise in a law firm or strategy expertise in a strategy firm or technical expertise in a high-tech company or medical expertise in a pharmaceutical. Of course, you need to do that. But all of those different industries are starting to realize that there's what, what's now called kind of a vertical development that has to happen in tandem with that, which is really about emotional accountability, emotional self-management, energy management, and how to create high-performing dynamics among the people. So exactly as you said, it's both an intrapersonal skill, how do I manage myself, as well as an interpersonal sophistication, how do I influence and coach others. Now, complementary to that work and your work and everything that you and I have communicated uh, together within the last probably eight years now, Amy. Yeah. Uh, your, your sister and my friend, Eric Ariel Fox, published a New York Times bestseller, Winning from Within. Tell us a little more about that work. I'd love to. So um, Erica, as I mentioned, is a longtime lecturer at PON and had the privilege of being a direct protege and student of Roger Fisher, its founder, and Bill Urey and Bruce Patton, some of its greatest thinkers, and was involved for many, many years teaching the seminal work that came out of PON, introducing into the culture the concept of win-win or value creation principled negotiation. And one of the key ideas in that book, Getting to Yes, was separate the people from the problem, by which Roger ostensibly meant rather than seeing the other party as your adversary, what if you were both able to sidle up to each other on the same side of the table and see the issues that you're negotiating as your joint problem. Uh, and that was a really powerful, powerful set of technology uh, that's being used still today as best practice. And what, what Erica and other colleagues found as they were starting to mediate real disputes and dealing with um, pretty intractable global conflict was, uh, you know, in many cases, that methodology was breakthrough and pivotal, but in some cases, really insufficient because there was such long-held enmity that sometimes the people really are the problem. And everyone listening, I'm sure, can think of situations in which they're negotiating with somebody informally or formally in their personal or professional life where they're thinking to themselves, this would just be so easy if the other person wasn't so darn difficult. Uh, and so they second body of work that PON undertook was to really look at the human dynamics or the people dynamics in the negotiation or problem solving or collaboration. And that, that research was summarized in a book by our friends Bruce Patton and Doug Stone and Sheila Heen a little over 10 years ago called Dif- Difficult Conversations, How to Discuss What Matters Most. It's a wonderfully rich resource for people, particularly when they're dealing with interpersonal conflict. And Eric and I taught that work for for a long time, uh, and, and Mobius does continue to offer a masterful conversations course based on Doug and Sheila and Bruce's book. But what we found there was, as we started to use that set of technology, we were still seeing this, what Erica coined as a really fascinating performance gap, where even in the senior most very skillful, very mature executives, there was a gap between their intrinsic skills, what they knew to do in theory, what they had learned from courses or years of experience, and what they actually did in the heat of the moment. And that gap between their potential and their actual behavior was causing them significant downsides in business-critical conversations. And so Erica started researching what was, what if any additional advice could we give people for managing themselves so that they could actually bring their best self to the key interaction, particularly when the stakes were very high for the business. 
so in a sense, Erica started asking a different question, not what if the people are the problem, but what if you're the problem? What if you're getting in your own way in such a way that is causing collateral damage all around you. And her, her book, Winning from Within, is, I think, a brilliant, wonderful synthesis of that research. Very, very practical advice for people about how to close that performance gap. Yes, and I'm, I'm not sure what to say because that uh, strikes me as so true. And, and uh, I just love the work that you and Erica are doing and the Mobius Consultants. Thank you. I mean, the other thing that is really interesting about Erica's book, I think, Dave, that maybe would be of interest to your listeners, is just that she's really captured the inner negotiations that we all face every day. Um, So introducing the notion that, you know, it's not really the case that we're singular in our thinking or our approach, but actually... You know, to quote Walt Whitman, we're sort of made up of multitudes. Um, And how can you focus on what perhaps is the most important negotiation of all, which is the negotiation with those different voices inside your head? Uh, And she's used sort of the metaphor of the inner C-suite to codify or sort of capture, encapsulate these various inner negotiators. So on the one hand, you have the CEO or the dreamer aspect of you who innovates and thinks about the future and can intuit and sense possibility and imagine worlds that don't currently exist. You know, often the part of the organization that is really holding the vision that everyone is aligning around. And then you have the inner COO, the part of you that's in execution mode or warrior from an archetypal perspective, who's not only leading into action and taking steps, but also setting boundaries and saying no. Um, the, the inner... Um, VP of HR, you might say, uh, or lover dimension of you who's building trust and rapport and goodwill, uh, building the strong relationships, trust-based relationships that many clients, for example, want from their financial planners or their legal consultants or uh, their strategy consultants. So many, many professional services firms, for example, put a very strong focus on cultivating that trusted advisor or lover dimension. And then the final one, of course, you know, is the um, inner thinker, the, the aspect or dimension of you that's uh, thinking about risk, doing problem solving, do, doing analytics. You could think of that as the sort of CFO function. And how many of us have really cultivated or paid attention to one or two of those dimensions of our inner C-suite and left aside or in shadow other dimensions or important leadership capabilities, which if we were able to bring them back online and have a wider range or move more fluidly between those four energetics or voices or action moves, would have such more amplified impact in every dimension of our business life and our personal life, frankly. It's not unusual for... Uh, clients to come to our programs and have their family members send us thank you notes afterwards. Uh, And I always find that so touching to know that these programs, these immersive programs that we offer help people not just in their organizational life, but in their family life. Well, the programs do really change lives and dynamics. Now in collaboration, Amy, oftentimes we think of, well, we need to pair ourselves up getting a circle of complementary skills. Uh, Mm -hmm. With your work and Erica's work, it's also from those dimensions, from those different C-suite uh, places, 
it's learning how to relate to those people, and it's also developing those skills so we're not out of balance. Absolutely. So, um, you know, Erica's bias, I think, is is to say that everybody uh, is is intrinsically capable of bringing any of those capacities forward. Every leader has each of those dimensions available to them. It's often the case they just have been probably disproportionately dependent on certain capabilities and not placed attention on really ensuring that they have that full range at their disposal. So you're absolutely right. At one level, you could say, am I bringing all those voices in response to another person? Um, Another interesting question to ask is, am I capable of hearing, receiving, and discerning each of those voices when I'm on the receiving end of someone else's communication or comments? Or what voices do I tune out because I undervalue them? And, And what's the cost of all that missed communication, I think, is another really interesting question. Thank you so much, Amy Fox, co-founder of Mobius Leadership. Thank you, Amy. My pleasure, Dave. Take care. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. David B. Savage and his upcoming book, Breakthrough to Yes, Unlocking the Possible Within a Culture of Collaboration, delivers a proven process to make collaboration work for you and your company while creating the conditions that promote innovation and breakthroughs within and across your business and network. Seize this opportunity to join a movement of progressive, principled, and successful leaders. Engage with David B. Savage on Breakthrough to Yes today. Bring him to speak to your organization and engage his executive coaching and business consulting. See much more at davidbsavage.com. Savage's book, Breakthrough to Yes, Unlocking the Possible Within a Culture of Collaboration, will be published worldwide in February 2016. His co-shared book, Ready, Aim, Excel, 52 Leadership Lessons, is an international business bestseller on Amazon. Contact us now for a free 30-minute conversation on how more collaborative leadership may benefit you by visiting davidbsavage.com. That's davidbsavage.com. Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Breakthrough to Yes with Collaboration. To reach David B. Savage or his guest today, call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to Dave at savagemanage.com. Now, back to Breakthrough to Yes with Collaboration. Now we've got... Joan Goldsmith. Yes, we have Joan Goldsmith for our global listeners. Uh, Joan is a friend of mine, uh, somebody somebody that I truly, truly uh, look up to as a leader in organizational development, education, and leadership. Uh, Joan has been an organizational consultant, coach, and educated 
educator for the past 45 years. She specializes in conflict resolution, leadership development, and team building. She's been a family therapist, a coach to women leaders, and co-author with Warren Bennis of the best-selling Learning to Lead, a workbook on becoming a leader. She has co-authored three books with Ken Cloak on a variety of related topics. Joan, welcome. I could just talk for the whole show about uh, the accomplishments that you've done in the role of uh, leadership development, leadership development for women, and conflict resolution. What what would you prefer to say in your own words about uh, your background and the work that you do? Well, Dave, I'm very happy to be with you. Uh, I think probably what I want to say most of all is that I am so um, inspired by people like yourself who have taken the field of conflict resolution and leadership development to many new places that uh, I never dreamed of when I first became involved in uh, the uh, early 1960s. Uh, And I would like very much to uh, support any efforts uh, that are taking place now in supporting grassroots people, especially women, but all grassroots families, in being leaders in their own lives and in their own communities. My initial work in community was in Chicago when, in 1964, when I walked through Robert Taylor Homes, a 15-story housing project for poor families, to talk with women about would they like to have an early childhood education program for their children? Would they like to create a school together? And they invited me in uh, to their kitchens. These were mostly African-American families, and I'm Caucasian. Uh, There was great trust. There was no hesitation. And these women committed themselves to creating a school, which we did, and they taught their own children to read and write in preschools. And those preschools continued to grow and develop. President Obama worked in the same housing project probably 10 years after I was there, and he continued the community organizing uh, there and has continued it as our president. Hmm. Wonderful, meaningful work. Now, in your book, Learning to Lead, that's uh, attracted a lot of worldwide attention. What are some of the key messages there, Joan? Well, the uh, most important message, I think, was stated so beautifully by my colleague, Warren Bennis, who um, passed to the other side, uh, died uh, when he was 89 a year ago. He said, becoming a leader is becoming an authentic person, becoming your own person. And my work in leadership has been, especially with women, to encourage women to listen to their own voice, to make choices uh, that are best for them, their family, their communities, and to to 
hold leadership roles in simple, small ways at work and at home and in the community. So, for example, uh, there's a block party where Ken Koch and I live tomorrow, and it's been organized by women volunteers, little signs on the trees, little notes in mailboxes. Women are organizing this block party to create a safe, and welcoming community in a working-class neighborhood that's quite diverse and quite, um, uh, quite grassroots, and we're very excited about it, and I'm so proud of the women who organized it. Wow, very powerful stuff and very personal stuff coming home. And, and our listeners and I am listening to your voice and thinking, Joan really slows it down and holds us. Even in the way you speak, Joan, you, you speak so that we can really slow ourselves down. Oh, I'm glad to hear that. Uh, I, my focus uh, began in uh, 2000 uh, in working with women because I've learned internationally uh, from uh, a woman whose name is Grasa Michelle. She's the woman, second wife to Nelson Mandela. She was his wife when he died. And she had been the wife of Samora Michelle, who had led the independence of Mozambique from the colonial power of uh, Portugal. And Grasa Michelle told me personally that she was committed to working on rehabilitating child soldiers, the young boys especially, who were taken into the army and made killers in Africa. And the way she was really rehabilitating them was bringing them home to their mothers and grandmothers because she said that the women in the family understand that violence is not a solution. They're the peacekeepers. They're the women who hold the communities together. Uh, Wangari Matai, who was named the Nobel Peace uh, Laureate uh, about five years ago uh, won the Nobel Prize because she was finding many women joining her in ending the encroaching desert in their land in Kenya. And the way she did it was she just very simply planted a tree, planted a tree in her yard. And other women saw that that tree was holding the soil, so they planted the tree. And she created a peaceful network. So it's not just about planting trees. It's about joining hands with women to end violence and create peace. Wonderful. You know, Joan, you're reminding me of uh, one of the most respected Canadian First Nations chiefs, uh, Chief Clarence Louis of the Asuyas Band, I had the opportunity to meet with uh, Clarence a few years ago, and he has been so successful in in making his band an economic powerhouse and respected from all nations. And uh, when I asked him, "What's your anukshuk? What's your talisman? Where, how do you, where do you go to to get your wisdom?" He said something very similar to what you just shared with us. Is I ask myself, "What would my grandmothers tell me?" Ah. Uh. And yes. that's all he asks. Yes. 
Yes, well, uh, <clears throat> as a grandmother, uh, what I would like to tell you and our listeners uh, is that uh, we, have, we have a crisis in the U.S. The largest population of homeless people in the United States are elderly women. And in part because women are the first to be fired, they're paid less. I don't know if you saw figures from the Senate Budget Committee of the, the U.S. Senate, but the median, median weekly earnings for full-time workers in 2015 was $801. But for female full-time workers, it was $726. <laughs> so women are earning less in the U.S. Worldwide, the U.N. has let us know that in the last census they did, which is in 2010, professional women, doctors, lawyers, managers, professors, were on the whole earning 76 cents on the dollar compared to men worldwide. So as women, we need to unite, and we need to speak up, and we need to ask what we deserve for our good work. As people, we need to do all those things. Now, yes, that's in true. The, that's in, true. In the spirit, Joan, of collaboration, uh, as we close this interview, uh, one of the questions I want to ask you is how would you challenge our listeners to make those changes for your audience, for women, and particularly elderly women? What, what can we ask of our listeners, even awareness or action? Well, I think we need to teach our daughters, the younger generation, to value themselves and ask for what they need and want. We need to look for ways of caring for our mothers and grandmothers, excuse me, having them live with us, having them be cared for. And in every organization where we work or we interface, we need to ask, are women being treated with the same level of respect? And are they being valued with the same um, income and uh, the same job opportunities as their male colleagues? Thank you. And, and Joan Goldsmith, how do people find you online? How do they connect with you? This is such a powerful piece that you've given us. How do they well, connect? Um, I may be old-fashioned. <laughs> they can find me on Facebook, uh, but I don't have a website, and I won't have a website. They can find me on email. Uh, my address is jgoldsm at aol.com. That's jgoldsm, part of my last name, at AOL. But uh, they can find me uh, in... Uh, uh, on Facebook, and uh, if they Google me, they'll see other places where I teach and other op- other opportunities for my books. Thank you so much, Joan Goldsmith. I think uh, we can find you in our hearts as well. Thank you. Thank you, David. It's been wonderful being with you. Bye-bye. Do you know who you are? Do you care? There's so much in our hearts we have to share. 
And the light in our soul keeps on shining like the sun I am you, you are me, we are one We are all one spirit, we are all one heart We are all one together, we are even one apart We are one in our soul and together we are whole I am you, you are me, we are one Who are you on your own? Do you know what's still there when you let everything go? If you find who you are, when it's all been said and done, I am you, you are me, we are one. We are all one spirit, we are all one heart, we are all one together, we are even one apart. We are one in our soul, and together we are whole. I am you, you are me, we are one. We are one with the seas and the flowers and the trees. We are one with the future and the past. We are one everywhere and in everything we share. And the most important question we can ask Is who am I at my core? Who are you? Are we more than just the things we say and do? The answer's been around forever And it's only just begun I am you, you are me, we are one we are all one spirit, we are all one heart We are all one together, we are even one apart We are one in our soul and together we are whole I am you, you are me, we are one I am you, you are me, we are one Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. David B. Savage and his upcoming book, Breakthrough to Yes, Unlocking the Possible Within a Culture of Collaboration, delivers a proven process to make collaboration work for you and your company. While creating the conditions that promote innovation and breakthroughs within and across your business and network, seize this opportunity to join a movement of progressive, principled, and successful leaders. Engage with David B. Savage on Breakthrough to Yes today. Bring him to speak to your organization and engage his executive coaching and business consulting. See much more at davidbsavage.com. Savage's book, Breakthrough to Yes, Unlocking the Possible Within a Culture of Collaboration, will be published worldwide in February 2016. His co-shared book, Ready, Aim, Excel, 52 Leadership Lessons, is an international business bestseller on Amazon. Contact us now for a free 30-minute conversation on how more collaborative leadership may benefit you by visiting davidbsavage.com. That's davidbsavage.com. 
always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Breakthrough to Yes with Collaboration. To reach David B. Savage or his guest today, call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to Dave at savagemanage.com. Now, back to Breakthrough to Yes with Collaboration. Welcome back, listeners. During this show, we've heard the wisdom of Amy Fox and Joan Goldsmith. Amy talked about the importance of personal mastery, and her sisters and my friends, Erica Ariel Fox, author of best-selling book, Winning from Within. Yeah, that's a great book. Read it. It's about personal mastery and archetypes. Joan talked about elderly women. She brought elderly women into the conversation and the sadness of seeing elderly women in Santa Monica on the street. Our culture in North America is very different from many cultures. In so many cultures, elderly women are considered the crone, the matriarch, the wise woman, and are seen as central to the current and future health of our communities. In the communities that they've served, they've nurtured, and they've grown up in, in North America, not so much. Consider what you might learn from elderly women in your life and your community. Let's bring them back with grace, with love, and in collaboration. They are a gift. Let's collaborate. Let's respect. Let's not send them away. So at this point, we have a little bit of fun each week. This is time for Outrage of the Week. Still not sure whether I should change that from W-E-E-K to W-E-A-K, because I think it is the Outrage of the Week. And that's where we get into uh, reptilian brain uh, reactions. So, you know, I've, I've been thinking about Outrage of the Week, and I've been doing some posting on social media for the last year about Outrage of the Week. There's just so many outrages to choose from. I mean, try to pick ones that are generally understood and, and uh, sensed from where are, you are, my listener. You know, the recently Planned Parenthood in the United States has been a big deal in the extreme right of the United States politicians and leaders and communities. Another one for Canadians is uh, Montreal pumping billions of liters of raw sewage into the St. Lawrence River. Another one is Russia actively bombing in Syria. Outrage, outrage, outrage. Of course, when you look into what's true and what's your true, what your global community can teach you, you find very interesting insights and rationale and interests and perspectives. In this broadcast, we're talking about inclusion, respect, and collective learning. So we go another direction for this week's Weekly Outrage. And this is uh, kind of fun. It is global because it's uh, two women that live 
in the city that I spent most of my life in, Calgary, Alberta, Canada, developing an app. And they've been in the world media. They've been on this last week tonight with John Oliver. They've been all over the place. Uh, the Times of India uh, reported uh, on October 3rd, People, this is the People app, You perhaps you've heard about, P-E-E-P-L-E, is an app. Now, this is a quote from the Times of India. People is an app for rating and commenting about those who one interacts with in daily life, personally, professionally, or romantically, according to the ForThePeople.com website. Founders and close friends Julia Cordray and Nicole McCullough, yes, they're from Calgary, defended their creation as an online venue for praise and constructive feedback. A firestorm of criticism at Twitter, Facebook, and other online venues countered that the creators of People were either naively or intentionally downplaying how nasty commentary can get on the internet. Now, that's the quote from the Times of India. You know, (laughs) what were they thinking? What were they thinking? This is the internet. The internet, social media, has not become the place of conscious communications. It's the place of mediates. People still plans to launch in November, so we'll see what happens with that. And we can easily understand why the People app may be offensive. What gives me, David Savage, permission to publicly rate you? What is the value to me of being rated by others? Yelp rates restaurants fairly or unfairly. People, yeah, yeah, people. I've got to think about that. Is it people or is it more destructive? It's intrusive, at least. At least, if not abusive. So much of our discussions today about leadership generally focus on the value of curiosity. Yeah, curiosity, inclusion. What is that? Why would we have something that rates people? That separates. So, if you seek diversity, be curious, restrain judgment, and come together for the greater good, I think you'll have a greater good. People appears to appeal to the exact opposite. So what are the conversations that are growing, going on between Julia and Nicole at People? How have they understood this outrage? How will they adapt and revise the app? How will they learn and break through to their yes? Think about the early years of Facebook. Initially, Facebook was a rating system for peers and dates and women and professors at Harvard. But they started stealing information and ideas from MySpace and another group at Harvard, and they built built something very unique and very progressive. And then it changed. So, Nicole... And Julia, think about breaking through to your yes. Today we've heard the collaborative wisdom of Amy Elizabeth Fox of Mobius and Joan Goldsmith. Thank you, Joan and Amy. This week's key messages, again, bring in many perspectives to make your collaboration more successful. Seek diversity. Secondly, the answer to is anybody out there is yes. According to my analytics, 
I have over a thousand listeners around the world. Hello, USA, Canada, France, India, Philippines, China, Romania, Netherlands, and Saskatchewan. I think Saskatchewan's a country, isn't it? Third key message. We need to look for more ways of caring for ourselves, for our communities, and especially, as Joan points out, our mothers and our grandmothers. They are our wisdom. Next week's show and guests are the theme being design, the collaboration, Richard Schultz of Wisdom Ways, Laura Humel, Ahead of the Curve, and Colin Campbell, Guidance Planning. So go to my website, check it out, you'll see all the guests. My call to action for you as we close this show, seek diversity in every team, meeting, project, and organization. Bringing people together that don't think like you will protect you from your own blind spots. With higher awareness and respect for others, more and more of us are seeing the manipulations and intellectual dishonesty too often represented in the media and social media. Thank you for your time, your diversity, your collective and collaborative awareness. Thank you. Please seek diversity. Thanks for tuning in this week to Breakthrough to Yes with Collaboration. Your host, David B. Savage, invites you to join us again for another engaging episode next Thursday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a breakthrough week.